Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Richard Wong. I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Whitfield. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Oh, uh, just drafting on a Tuesday night, my favorite time of the year. So no complaints <laughs> over here, bud. Yeah, so uh, as everybody might know, because I just kind of popped this thing up here, and we were talking about this earlier, we are actually drafting in the fifth annual fantasy football league, uh, fifth annual football garbage time fantasy football league. And uh, we're about in round 13 right now and working our way through. So we're going to talk a little bit about the picks earlier today, talk about some of our strategy getting into this entire uh, draft. It's a little bit different. This is a two-quarterback league, so it's a little bit interesting how things panned out. It's PPR. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about our picks coming up because uh, late-round picks can make or break your season. So uh, something uh, interesting for everybody, hopefully. Let's get rolling. So as you said, Ryan, this is our favorite time of the year because we're getting close to the NFL season starting. It's uh, only two weeks away. Uh, and, hey, college football starts in four days, actually, believe it or not. Uh, crazy. I didn't even realize that until I checked ESPN and said, wow, there's games. There's four games on Saturday. Uh, that being said, more importantly for us, fantasy football season is here. So what do you think, Ryan, so far? We're now uh, getting to the turn, uh, getting to the end of round 13, going to round 14. Uh, so, so everyone knows this is a 10-team league. It's PPR. It's two-quarterback league. The flex is an offensive, is a wide receiver, uh, running back, tight end flex position. We have one kicker, one defense. Um, what do you think so far about your draft and how you approach this draft so far? So for starters, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I unfortunately – uh, missed my first pick because I was uh, finishing up football practice with my son. But with that said, <laughs> I got my first share of Kamara this season. Uh, so that was uh, a, a pretty nice consolation prize. So, Oh, I love Kamara. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was not, I was a little frustrated when I first logged in and realized we were nine picks into the first round wondering who I got. Uh, it's really the middle, the middle picks in the first round. I disagree with the general consensus on, uh, around the fantasy community right now. So luckily I was in the number two hole, I believe, and, and, and took, uh, took a, uh, took Kamara there. So, uh, like I said, worse, worse things could happen. So yep. with that said, um, you know, I've hit on a couple guys that I have a lot of shares on or a lot of shares of, but, uh, you know, I think the way I used to approach being in a lot of fantasy leagues and a lot of people I know approach, um, is with the idea of, of trying to draft a very similar team across the board because yep. you want to keep your rooting interest uh, pretty stable on Sunday. Luckily, mm-hmm. I've been afforded the opportunity that I work uh, a lot of football games on Sunday now uh, through other uh, through the other various companies I work for. So me getting to sit right. down and just watch games doesn't really happen, um, which mm-hmm. has made me more in, in, a, in a statistician type way where I try to actually now just draft completely different teams in every single league um, to spread out the opportunity to win, um, to try different things, try different approaches. So each one of my drafts yeah. has been pretty dis- distinctly different. I'm still a big fan of zero RB to start, but when you auto draft Kamara that goes out the window, I would have taken him anyway. But <laughs> right, right. I digress. So some of the some of the things I did differently in this draft, um, you know, I came in really wanted to ta- target Tyler Lockett. Um, I mm-hmm. actually used a site you're a huge fan of today. He was the number one rated DVOA 
receiver on, on uh, football outsiders last year. Oh, I love that. That, de- site. that defense <laughs> is falling apart in Seattle. And yep. so a guy who was, uh, I forget what his exact finish was last year, but it was a, it was a wide receiver. One finish might even be in a better situation this year. And it wasn't a fluke. That's the thing that I, you know, I, without watching a ton of Seahawks games and watching Lockett specifically, he's not my typical kind of receiver, you know, the kind of receivers I like, he's not, he doesn't fit that mold. So right, um, right. not somebody I probably would have drafted, but mm-hmm. uh, typically, but once I, once I read that today, I was like, well, I got to draft tonight. Like I'm absolutely getting a share of him. So yeah. and, and Yahoo's platform right now, I think he's ranked for like, or his ADP was like in the, in the high fifties. And I took him, uh, early in the fourth round, but that was that was something strategically I wanted to do coming into this draft. Um, the other interesting thing I did, just to touch on it quickly, uh, mm-hmm. that was a little bit different that I wanted to do, was after I got Kamara, um, as the draft was unfolding, Latavius Murray was still sitting there. Um, yeah, I wanted to to you know, there's the, there's a reasonable belief that he's going to fill into that uh, Mark Ingram role from last year and be a viable RB two. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it'll be interesting to see certain weeks where I, I feel it's a good idea to start both of them as my as my right. as my one and my two on my squad. So um, yeah, definitely a way different draft than I've done, it, and I got a lot of shares and guys that I hadn't had shares in yet. So uh, pretty pumped yep. about it so far. Well, you're a big fan of zero RB, and I know that you you actually started with that um, drafting DeAndre Hopkins. I think you've drafted him first overall in our best ball. So that kind of kind of started this entire idea of, well, our wide receiver is more valuable in this full PPR format. And there are two teams that went zero RB in this draft that we're doing right now. Uh, Matt King actually went with DeAndre Hopkins at the sixth pick. And then on the flip side, he took Michael Thomas at the 15th pick. And Joanne took Devontae Adams at nine and then to Julio Jones at 12. What do you think about those kind of zero RB approach there? One, DeAndre Hopkins plus Michael Thomas, and the other, Devontae Adams and Julio Jones. I love it because I just I, – I do think outside the top uh, three guys going, Barkley, Kamara, and McCaffrey, there's huge question marks about all the running backs. Um, David Johnson, who's going as a 5 ADP right now, has mm-hmm. only finished – top five in running backs once in his career. Like, and, and it's certainly this thing that I don't think people realize that they do where, you know, the, well, the first year he was in a timeshare and then the right. third year he was hurt. And then the fourth year he didn't have a good offense. And it's like, okay, I'm not saying it's necessarily his fault. It's not even an evaluation of David Johnson as a player individually. Cause I love David Johnson, but yep. there's always something that prevents him from being a top five running back, let alone top five overall, top five running back. And people routinely are drafting him in that number five slot. That's why if I'm in that number five slot, I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins every single day. I'm taking Mike Thomas. I'm taking uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, it just I just don't think that David Johnson is a sure enough thing there. Ezekiel Elliott, huge question marks. The Le'Veon Bell thing, don't even get me started. I'm, I'm so sick of – Sorry, I'm up. Oh, uh, I'm so sick you're of. Uh, Kalen Balaj just went off the grow off the uh, 138. I am so jealous of that. I think that that's a huge value right there. I'm gonna do this right in front of you just to make you mad. It took Anthony Miller from you. Oh um, man, thanks, thanks for that. I I appreciate that. Now I'm now I'm on the spot here trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. Oh, this is pretty so, horrendous. While you look at that, um, just the, the Le'Veon Bell thing, like. People are projecting Le'Veon Bell like he was there, you know, like it's Pittsburgh two years ago. And, and I've been on record saying this a thousand times. Whether you're coaching, playing, I don't care. Taking time away from football is never a good thing. Coming back 
unless you're injured, because I think injured is it's a different mindset. When you when you actively choose to walk away from the game, I think there's a certain disengagement where you miss out on things and, and your body almost relaxes. I mean, it's, it's such a physical and mental grind to be in the NFL. So mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell missing a whole year. He's got a worse offensive line, a coach who the shine is completely worn off because does anyone really think, and maybe he is, and maybe he'll prove me wrong, but to this point, do you really think now that Adam Gase is a quarterback whisperer or did he just have the benefit of being Peyton Manning's guy? Um, mm-hmm. And so he hasn't proven anything. He doesn't, he believes in timeshares. Look at his running back uh, usage over the last couple of years. He doesn't, he doesn't believe in a bell cow back. That's nothing. That's not, that's something that Adam Gase has never done. He's going to split carries. And he's, he's, he's frustrated fantasy owners to no end the last couple of years. The way he, he orchestrated that Miami backfield. And, right. and then on top of that, the dispute over signing, Le'Veon Bell was what he ended up his uh, creating the power struggle where he inevitably won out and got rid of McCagnan, the GM who signed Le'Veon Bell to all the money. So the GM doesn't want him. It's a new organization with a new coach, a worse offense line, and he took a year off from football. And you're drafting him seventh overall? On yeah. what planet do you take that risk in the first round? So I believe in the zero RB. And then also, and the guy who I took, because I have a ton of shares of him right now, Marlon Mack can be had in the third round. So if you go wide receiver, wide receiver – you can, and especially in a 10-team league, you can go Marlon Mack and Devontae Freeman in the third and fourth round. If you have Devontae Adams I know you like Hill, that. Mar- yeah. and Marlon Mack and, and, and Devonta Freeman, uh, is anyone upset about that? Or swap, swap out Devonta, Devonta Freeman and, and sub in uh, Aaron Jones, who's in that range too. I mean, there's just there's so many options to get running backs in the middle. And with all the guys threatening holdouts and how, how often people get injured, and you can get your uh, Ecklers and your Justin Jacksons, uh, you know your bolages, uh, bolages later. Bolages, you know, there's yeah. Just, there's just, and then you know Justice Hill seems to be on an uptick right now. I mean, there's just, there's just so many options later in the draft um, that you don't need to go. I mean, if you're one of those first three, you take a running back, but after that, you don't do it. And yeah, I got in a fight with, in a community a couple of days ago where a bunch of people had said, um, well, you know, I was reading that you have to go RB early because you got to get the good R- RBs and like. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's obviously a line, though, right? Like, there, right. nobody's, nobody's, there's, there's no draft where the first 24 guys off the board are, are running backs. So you just, right. it just depends on where you draw the line. And for me, I draw it after the first three. I think those guys are in a class of their own, and there's nobody else that touches that class. Yeah, no, and it's interesting. It's an interesting um, thing to look at because, as you say, you can fill your running back position later. And if you look at uh, Matt's team, Matt, Matt King's team, who went, um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, uh, one, two, zero RB. He ended up with Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, Tevin Coleman, and Rashad Penny as his running backs. Uh, I think that's actually, that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly serviceable. I don't have any issue with that. And Joanne, who actually went with Devontae Adams and Julio Jones back-to-back, ended up with Damian Williams, Josh Jacobs, James White, and um, and Jordan Howard really, really late. So, you know, there's always a possibility Perfect. that uh, you can pick up a lot of these guys, and particularly in our format, which is full PPR, you know, you can you can get a lot of value to those guys like James White or those pass-catching backs. Yeah, I think that's perfectly executed on both their parts. Um, so that, that's actually very interesting. We're actually coming down into the last round now. And I, what I want to ask you about is kind of like the beginning of the draft, because I know that you kind of jumped in and you didn't have a choice because you took Kamara, but uh, still a great pick and, at number two. But would you, uh, would you have preferred Kamara or McCaffrey? Because that, that, there's a lot of discussion here when it comes down to the big three, Saquon Barkley, 
Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, one, two, three. That's the way it went in our league. But would you have taken it? Would you look at that differently and thought about taking McCaffrey instead of Kamara? Or is it any? Is it actually a big deal? I mean, if you t- you're splitting hairs and you look at the three of them, I, I I have a general rule of thumb that when I'm in a a situation like that where I have three guys who I relatively grade out the same, um, I typically just want the best uh, the best offense slash the best opportunity. You know, if there's somebody that's right. truly in a split, <clears throat> you know, I would uh, discredit them or devalue them a little bit more. But I don't mm-hmm. think any of them are truly in a split. I mean, Kamara's in more of a split than the other two, but he's so valuable in the pass game. You, you know, you know what his touch, what his touches are going to look like. So, you know, I, I would, I would take any of the three, and I, and I love Kamara, so I probably would have gone Kamara anyways. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So let me ask you this question. So we're in a two quarterback league. Clearly, our quarterbacks go earlier than in most drafts. But in our, and last year, you might recall. Ryan, that quarterbacks are going off the board in the second round. So this year, we didn't have that. So I, I took Patrick Mahomes in the beginning of the third round. Deshaun Watson went off in the middle of the third round. But then Aaron Rodgers didn't go off until the middle of the third. And uh, and then the next quarterback didn't go until almost the fifth round. And then there's a little a little mini run in the fifth and then in the sixth round. So that's pretty late for a two-quarterback league. Uh what do you think? Is that is that does that make sense for you uh, in a two quarterback league? Is that something? Obviously, you're following the same type of theory here of taking quarterbacks late in here. I always take quarterbacks late when there's one quarterback. What about two quarterback leagues? How do you feel about that? So you play the draft. Um, that's what I'd say. Is that in, in, in years past in this league, um, I have definitely gone way too late on uh, on quarterbacks. I think uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I think it was last year that I ended up with Blake Bortles. And uh, and, Mar- and Marcus Mariota, where I you know I was, I was really into the kind of dirty hearing those names together. <laughs> yeah. So what I did this year was, um, you know, I played it out and I, and I took a little bit of a gamble, but I think in the and I know you just walked through. I was looking at something, so I didn't fully hear. But I mean, I, at one point in the fourth round, I debated whether or not to. Uh, why well, just taking Lockett? So I really didn't want to go quarterback there, and so I decided to roll the dice because I think that at that point it was only Mahomes had been drafted, maybe maybe another guy or two, but there really yeah, hadn't been a quarterback Rogers, run. Rogers, Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson at that point. Okay, so those are the only three. So I said, you know what, I'll punt to the fifth round. And then when my pick came around the fifth round, I believe, if I can look quickly, uh, it's not showing. So you went, by you round went Robert right Woods, and then you went uh, with. Um, Mike Williams and then Matt Ryan, um, so that's pretty good. And that was actually the sixth round. What, did you what, take Mike Williams? What what round did I take Matt Ryan in? Was that the seventh? Uh, it looks like the sixth. I'm uh, looking right here. Matt Ryan, seventh round. Seventh round. Seventh round. Mike Williams. Beginning of the seventh round. Yeah, so I took him on that turn I had at the back end of uh, the, the six seven. Um, I knew it was only me and you there. Uh, I believe you already had a quarterback, maybe even two at that point. So I wasn't, or you were just taking Cam Newton. So I, I can't fully remember, but I, I just know that yeah. when I went to do it, I, I still saw a lot of names I liked. Um, I will be honest that my 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 help my hope there that did not pan out for me um, was <laughs> I took Matt Ryan, hoping a guy that I've targeted in a lot of one quarterback leagues, and I have a lot of shares of is Jared Goff. Um, yeah, I was I was hoping golf would fall one more round. I had to go another 15 picks before I was up. Um, yep. That was when that was when the quarterback run finally happened. But when I, I mean, I kept 
I had Matt Ryan targeted for a couple rounds in a row, and I kept punting because we hadn't seen that big quarterback round yet, run yet. And yep. given the fact that I have, um, you know, me and you are in a similar situation in the one and the two hole where we have that, that quick turn and then we don't pick for 15, 17 picks, whatever it was for both of us. And, yep. um, so it was a little bit of a, it was definitely a little bit of a gamble for me, but I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to try and, and to keep pushing it off as late as I could, just cause it didn't feel ne- a necessity yet. But I knew I had to get – I knew I couldn't go with Blake Portals and Marcus Mariota uh, and, and, you know, or the equivalents of those guys this season. So, uh, Right, right, right. <laughs> that's what I ended hey, up doing. You were, you were almost right, though. You were almost right because you, you waited – you were going to wait till 77. Jared Goff went at 72. It was actually yeah. pretty darn close. It was just – you were that close to actually making it all work out for you at that point. And then think about that. You know, Jared Goff, that late in the draft, and, and you know, he has potential to be a top four top five quarterback this year, you know, if things work out, Cooper cup coming back and everything. Yeah, no, I, and you know, that's, I mean, that's an offense that's going to, that that's going to uh, produce. So, I mean, it's, it's safe. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just a safe pick there. So especially the way he was falling, I was hoping he was going to make it all the way to me. Obviously he didn't. Um, but with that said, you know, I ended up with Tom Brady there, which the pendulum was swung way too far and that's not my bias. Um, mm-hmm. would, would you say if you drafted a fantasy player and he put up 47 receptions, 682 yards, and three touchdowns, would you be happy with that output? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I would be pretty, pretty happy with that output, I'd say. Well, I mean, wait, wait with 47 receptions, 682 yards, and three touchdowns, that's, that gets you out of bed in the morning? For, for, for one game? <laughs> no, 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 for a season-long stat total. Oh no, that's 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 horrific. I, I would <laughs> that's terrible. Okay, so, you know, so I, thank I was going to say that's, that's like Patrick Mahomes times two. You're talking about there. Oh no 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 no. That's uh that's Rob Gronkowski's uh, stat line for 2018. So this idea that Tom Brady, who by the way, just in case people need a reminder, which it does seem uh, clear that they do, um, uh-huh. he finished as QB 12 in the down year last year. He's going as like the 20th QB off the board. And, and and the excuse is, well, he's lost all his weapons. He doesn't have Gronkowski. Okay, well, Gronk sucked last year, and I think I think it's a recency bias where people saw a little bit of a renaissance from him in the in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. Those, I mean, his three best games were in the postseason last year, mm-hmm. which didn't help fantasy players at all. He was dog crap during the regular season. He was not good. He looked like a guy who was on his way out of the league. It was not a surprise to anyone in New England that he retired. So that that's what Brady has to. Re- uh, replace and, and yeah Josh Gordon brings his stock up but Josh Gordon's not reliable but they have Nikhil Harry they have Edelman there's uh, Jacoby Myers looks like a good player he's gonna dump it off the running backs I mean I'm not telling you he's gonna be he's gonna be a high-end QB1 at worst mm-hmm. I see him as like the 14th or 15th best and he's going as like the 20th guy off the board so the fact that he's my QB2 I'm in two I'm another league that's a super flex league um that we drafted a couple weeks ago, so it was really before the Andrew Luck news took a turn for the worse, unfortunately. So Luck mm-hmm. was my early guy. It was a super flex, so I took Luck early in that league, and I took Brady later on. Don't love that that Brady might be my QB1 right now, right. but as a QB2 right. in any league with, with two QB format, I'm more than happy to take Brady sure. as a second Great floor. guy. Cause, floor. Cause, right, and I think the rest of the league is just too far down on his value. They are more run-heavy. He's not putting up 2007 numbers. He's not even putting up 2017 numbers uh, this season. 
but I, I think QB, I, I think QB 12 is his floor. Like I said, he could finish like QB 15. That's the worst I could see. I, I more realistically see him like the eight or nine spot and where you can get him right now, more than happy with, I would have preferred golf. Cause I just trust that offense more right now. Um, right. But you know, I'll take, I'll, I'll take my, my Tom Brady consolation prize here. Right. And you, are uh, you obviously a proponent of zero RB as we talked about. You're also a proponent of zero K if you didn't draft a kicker. I assume that, that means you're just going to wait it out and just pick whoever you want as, uh, as we get closer to week one. But uh, I yeah, that you're I, I, that's what I do in a lot of these leagues. I'm not, I'm not taking a kicker right now. Um, you know, figure you it out later. To kick. You, you can stream them, whatever. Yeah. I want to see the development, you know, the, the guy I took instead of taking a kicker was Kiki Kuti. Um, good value just fell. Um, I know there's injury concerns. I want to see as we get closer, what the reports are on him. Um, yep. but, uh, yeah. And I took the, you know, so that's what, that's yeah. where I landed on it, but we'll see. So interestingly, according to Yahoo's projected stats, you have the highest scoring wide receiver core um, that uh, is you're projected to have the highest scoring receiver core wide receiver core. So just so everybody knows um, what you ended up picking. You have Matt, Mike Evans, you have Tyler Lockett, you got Robert Woods, Mike Williams, Larry Fitzgerald, Anthony Miller, and Kiki QT. So, you know, it's interesting because to me, you, you actually didn't take a lot of, you took, took wide receivers, uh, you know, up near the top, but then you took a lot of the wide receivers late as well, including Anthony Miller and Kiki QT. So is that a strategy that you're employing in all your leagues, kind of focusing on the wide receiver position? Because like I said, I know you're a big proponent of zero RB. You look like you're a big proponent of stocking up on wide receiver talent late as well. Yeah. So I, I just, um, I just believe in the passing game more. And I just, it, it, it's, you know, I, I think that you can find, I don't know how many more cases like, what, you know, how many, how many Philip Lindsay's do you see in the wide receiver position? You know, how many, um, you know, even David Johnson from, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Howard, who we've, we've joked about a lot in the show. I mean, <laughs> right, I, 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 I'm, I, it, it's so far beyond just my personal opinion on it. Like running backs, they just come out of nowhere and there's so much more product of the offensive line and, um, and how good the offense is overall. And I just, I just think, that you can just never have too many wide receivers and, and known commodities are great. I mean, I had to go back and look where I actually took them. Cause I can't remember now, but I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, I think was the sixth receiver I drafted. And it's just like, you know, talk about a, a relatively good floor again. I mean, if Larry Fitzgerald produces just at what he did last year, well, then I'm in business. And it's yep. like, everyone's getting a bump in Arizona, David Johnson, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, uh, Kirk is getting a ball. I mean, everyone's in. Oh, yeah, I love Christian for Kirk. Larry Fitzgerald. I love him this year. Right. Yeah. So does everybody. But everyone's like forgetting about Larry Fitzgerald. And I know that he's like 87 years old. I get that. But <laughs> right. with where he's falling, um, that's actually back-to-back leagues have drafted him now just because of how far he's fallen. And in both leagues, he's like my third bench guy. I yep. know. If you told, yep. me, told me going to this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're telling me that I can get Larry Fitzgerald in the 13th round where he can have a couple of renaissance games and I can use him and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that all day. And, you know, Mike Williams is another guy I targeted, similar to Tyler Lockett, who I had uh, uh, zero uh, shares of to this point. I had some questions about the player. Um, you, I guess you could just – I might just name this team in this league, Football Outsiders, because Mike Williams is another guy that I couldn't <laughs> believe his DVOA, his DVOA grade from last year. I looked yep. at it, and, uh, you know, I think he was like 
15th in the league or it was something top 20 in the league DVOA for guys with at least, uh, I think it was uh, 80 pass attempts to or 80 targets or whatever. So uh, you think of the opportunity as and how well he graded out, you know, when grading, when, when using the, the football outsiders grading system, which does factor in situation, defense is faced. You know, yeah. uh, time you know time in the game and just really factors in a more encompassing view. Uh, yeah, so, I love it. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, to get him on my bench, like you say, I mean, you know, I I was able to walk with Alvin Kamara, Marlon Mack, which I love, and then to have Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods starting, and then Mike Williams is my first bench guy, and I just feel good about that. Anthony Miller, Kiki Cootie. Um, I mean, they're probably not probably those two are my, you know, one of those is getting dropped for a kicker, so I'm gonna kind of wait out and see. Uh, I like Anthony Miller better as a player. I want to see what the reports are as we get closer to the season, just how much passing is going to go on in that offense. Uh, right. Trubisky still makes me nervous as, as, as a quarterback uh, for owning a receiver in fantasy. So yeah. yeah but Anthony Miller is as much upside as anybody. I think, you know, if you're going to take somebody, I mean, you, you took him in the 14th or 15th round. I'm pretty sure at that point, it's just a, you know, an attempt to catch some lightning in the bottle. I suspect. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping for. So I'll see between those two if, if Kiki's still looking banged up and hurt going into the season. I mean, he's the number three guy on that team um, in terms of receivers in Houston. And if he's still banged up, you know, two years in a row, that that, that starts to give me some concern. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, I got I got the backs I want. Like I said, I had Alvin Kamara, Marlon Mack, which is great. I got my first share of Miles Sanders this year, which I wanted yep. to do. I wanted yep. to get a share of Latavius Murray. I know that Balage is, is the big fantasy it boy right now, and he looks like he's kind of taking over that starting position. But to be able to take Kenyon Drake where he fell to now uh, and, and you know, potentially have, have a starting running back there if he comes back and is the guy, um, he was worth the risk. So I got three, three viable options. But the way I really view it, honestly, if I have two running backs that can produce, I'll piece it all together with receivers outside of that. Because eventually somebody's going to get hurt and somebody's going to emerge in a backfield that we didn't expect. And then you just got to go get that guy. So that's the position I think that you can find more talent on. Whereas receivers, it's more of a known commodity. Um, the guys who are good are typically good. The rookies typically struggle. Uh, when you're trying to learn a playbook and trying to adapt to the NFL, for whatever reason, it feels like guys can't concentrate on catching the ball. So right. that's a position I like to have more established guys in and, and more known commodities. I like to take my flyers on running backs and, and go from there. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to take – so let's take Kiki Kuti um, and Anthony Miller off the board because we already talked to them. But looking at the way the draft unfolded, uh, what, were your, what were your favorite late late draft picks? You know, things that were like 13th round or later. Anything really pop out to you? I mean, I can tell you right, out, right off the bat that I'm, I'm a fan of Dante Moncrief. I've, I've said this a number of times. He was had in the 15th round, you know, basically at the very end of the 15th round, almost – undrafted he was the last wide receiver taken by anybody um so i love that value just because of the fact that hey you know he can be nothing but it costs you nothing but he could be everything you never know because they, they really do need receiving options out there in pittsburgh did anything else kind of pop out at you in terms of late round picks that you thought were um were really good so i like duke johnson in the 14th round yeah i think that he's gotten a big bump and deservedly so um, for the new situation that he is in. Um, so I think that is a great pick uh, by, uh, by one of the guys there. Um, the other one, round 16, Tony Pollard has a chance to just be an absolute, uh, you know, steal in fantasy. 
Oh yeah. I don't. I don't think the situation is going to get resolved. All the reports of um, that bonehead Jones and and his chirp of Zeke who uh, re- reportedly and understandably has not sat well with uh, Ezekiel Elliott or his agent. Um, yep. I don't think that they want to pay him the kind of money he wants. Um, you know, comes to mind, and I know that he was much older, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the way they treated DeMarco Murray, how they ran him into the ground, and then basically right. he was damaged goods when he was gone. I think Zeke has a couple more good years outside of that, and I know that sounds like kind of a, a soft statement or an easy statement for somebody who's so good. Um, <laughs> right. But but the workload he's had and the workload, the way they, they – they just ground running backs into the ground. They just don't care, and then they don't pay him. Um, right. So, I mean, I can't remember the last time we've seen him give somebody a big contract. Um, trying to think of the guy – oh, God – who, who who was the running back years ago that ended up? I think he ended up with you guys with the Bears. Um, mm-hmm. Was it Felix Jones? Is that it that ended up with the Bears at one point? There yeah, was, was a long. Yeah, you was a long time ago. Um, Felix Jones definitely. That was uh, what like ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah, that's not who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the guy who he was. He was their big running back. Like I think I want to say eight years ago. It was before. It was right before Demarco Murray. And then they were, then they didn't sign him, and then he went to Chicago, and then he had that great moment where he tried to do a backflip and fell on his face. I can't remember who it was, but <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of who this is now. I'm like, I, I'm sure it's on the top of my. It's got to be like right there, and I just can't remember it. Um, I'm gonna I'll look figure it up now. Yep. But anyways, um, you know, that's I just I can't remember the last time they paid somebody big money at that position. Um, they have other guys coming up, and you can you can argue who you think is is more valuable. And you know, I won't tell you that um, that I'm a sh- any huge believer in Dak Prescott. But with that said, um, you know, we're talking about a guy who did, uh, or we're talking about a position that's just more valuable. So, and I think that they can go and draft the next guy. Maybe maybe Tony, uh, what's his face, uh, Tony Pollard, Pollard. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Tony I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm gonna purpose and not know his name just because. <laughs> right. Well, hey, because if, one last question. Whatever he I, does you know, will be, will be, will be a product of the situation. So. Yeah, he could be, he could be next year's uh, James Conner. Honestly, I mean, he could, and and James Conner was actually drafted a little higher last year, but I know he was routinely going 10, 11, 12 last year, and he, look how that turned out. He uh, was definitely had uh, round one, two running back value, and Tony Pollard can be the same. And what else, where, who else can you get in the 16th round that can have that kind of upside? One last question for you before we, we uh, sign off tonight, and that's you took Kenyon Drake in the 12th round. And I love Kenyon Drake too, but Kalen Balaj went in the 14th round. I'm surprised that you didn't take Kalen Balaj as kind of insurance, in, you know, in case Kenyon Drake's uh, foot injury ends up kind of lingering into the season. Because it's unclear uh, right now the news coming out of – Miami is a little bit unclear as to what's happening in time frame and all that. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think you do normally like getting Drake and just forget about Balazs because you just don't need the backup? He's just kind of a bench guy anyway, or um, were you aiming to get him one one round later? No, um, I just didn't care enough. I mean, honestly, we're in a 16 team uh, or a 10 team league in a 16 round draft, and uh, I had already handcuffed uh, Murray and. Um, Kamara, so I just didn't want to do it a second time. Uh, my thought is on Kenyon Drake, if I get anything out of him, great. Again, I'm just looking for two warm bodies to stick into the running back role. And between Mac and Kamara, uh, they have pretty two pretty good warm bodies, and then the rest I'll figure out as I go. Um, mm-hmm. So 
it, but but I will say that if I was depending more on Kenyon Drake, then I absolutely would have would have uh, would have uh, handcuffed him. But with that said, it, it it was it was more about the fact that he was still there in the twelfth round, uh, Kenyon Drake. That's that's why, right. and I know that the, the injury news is less clear by the day. That is easily I've seen him go in some drafts and redrafts in 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 the fifth sixth round. So to sure. see him drop that far, I, I, it was at least two or three picks before that that I started looking at him like, is he really going to keep falling like that? And again, huge question mark. And I might I might cut him before he's even back healthy. You know, depending on the way things shake out. But in the twelfth round, I looked at it and said, yeah. But in general general principle i mean i want to stay away from that backfield it's a first year coach it's a defensive coach we have no idea how they're going to break it down you know we've heard mixed rumors of who you know who's going to be the better one like you said a lot of uncertainty around the injury so i want to stay away from that backfield as much as possible however if Kenyon drake's in the 12th round of a draft i'm gonna you know at the 120 spot uh, with an adp i think that's around 78 you know that's mm-hmm. somebody i was willing to take the flyer on there um so it was more about the product of the way the draft shifted than uh, having any kind of faith or reliability in that Miami uh, backfield. And before I kick it back to you, Marion Barber was the running back I was thinking of. Marion Barber. Yes, of course. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that brings back some memories. So, um, so let me just say this. I mean, the one other thing I wanted to point out was that all the big three tight ends were gone by the third round. So um, that not un- that's not unlike what I've seen in other drafts. I've seen Kelce go even higher than he did in our draft. So, what are your thoughts on taking the big three? I know that you obviously were like me. We waited a little bit, but we didn't wait too long. Um, you know, I took Evan Engram. You took Jared Cook. Um, we, I, I kind of want to have a little bit of consistency there. I don't want to play the waiver wire for my tight end all year round. So what are your thoughts on that, the, the top three going in the, in the top three rounds? Do you think that, that's right? Do you think that uh, there's a wasted pick for Ertz or Kittle? Because I, I don't think we can quibble over Kelchi being one of the top you know, late first, early second round pick. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it's such a position of scarcity that, you know, those three are going to go early in every draft. I, I know people look at it differently. I know a lot of people look at it and say, well, I can have a strength in that position if I take one of the three. I don't draft any of the three because I believe personally, you know, if you're in a 12-team league and ours a 10, mm-hmm. if you're not one of the first three, you're in the same boat as seven or nine other teams. So right, it's really, right. I mean, it, it's not like there's six good guys and you really want to get one of those six because the drop off's huge after. It's like there's three and then the rest of the bag of crap that you got to pick from. Um, well, so I think there's some upside here for some of these guys, but I, I agree. I think there's a pretty big cliff after the top three. So if you wait yeah, for number, yeah, four or six or eight, you're probably not going to make a huge difference. Right. And the thing I would say back to that is just that let's say let's say you played in a league where there was no tight end. Um, and it was just a flex where you could play a tight end, right? It's a zero tight end league, but just flex. Right. Uh, if you had any anyone except for the top three tight ends, how often would you would you fill that position with a with the with the tight ends, right? How often um, would you probably play probably never. Hunter Henry over if, if keep with his own team, Mike Williams, right? Like you're I mean, you're just going to go with the receiver back. There's just more talent across the board elsewhere. And my thought is that. Uh, you acquire enough talent in other positions and build up strong things. I mean, there's always a chance you can go trade up to get somebody. If somebody starts having a good season on a team that's, uh, you know, there's fantasy team, you know, say I, I start, I have a crappy year or I'm having a tough start and I have Jared cook and you have mm-hmm. whatever. I have, Austin I, I, I have, a, I have an Ingram. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and Evan Ingram is like, you know, he's, he's just outside that class of the top tier guys. So, you know, I think he's fine. Jared Cook, I think could have a good season. Uh, again, 10 team league, 16, uh, 16 rounds. So round. Yeah. I played it pretty conservative, but what I've done a lot of leagues, I've actually gone a lot further back. I didn't want to roster two tight ends in this league. Um, but in a lot of leagues, I will roster two tight ends. And my play has been traditionally, um, I mean, name your guy, Austin Hooper. Um, yep. You know, that, uh, that's my bench guy. <laughs> that's who I did. That's what I did. I Austin, Ho- Hooper. <laughs> Austin Hooper, Najoku. You know, I take yep. a lot of guys like that. And well, my, my, other big league, ups- yep. my big upside play, the guy I've been drafting is my second tight end, who I do believe in down the stretch. This is a guy I talked about after the draft last season who I then was down on because he got the DW before the season started. I thought he was going to be awful. Came in. He somehow avoided a huge punishment for that. Then was uh, pretty abysmal half to the first half of the season. Then was, I think, I think he was the top six tight end down the stretch last year. And now he's out the first four games this year. So everyone's kind of forgetting about him again. I, and I hate this fantasy term, but I'll use it right now because it applies. I'm a Chris Herndon truther. Um, wow. So what I've been trying to do is, like I said, just get me an Austin Hooper, a Vance McDonald, just somebody who can get me through the first four weeks. And then I believe in I believe in Herndon when he comes in week five after a suspension can ride it out the rest of the year with that and with, with a little bit of a smaller uh, you know because I'm in a lot of leagues where it's like 18 roster spots 12 12 teams um, right right so right, you know right. you're 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 talking almost 200 draft picks and stuff or a little over 200 so and that and in leagues like that like 18 spots I can justify having two tight ends in um, yep. a two QB team 10 teams with all 160 picks like. I just couldn't justify doing it, um, but you best believe, and hopefully, aside from you, no one else in our league's listening to this right now. But uh, Herndon's high on my watch list uh, for the waivers, yeah. you know, especially if, if Jared Cook gets off to a slow start. I, I love Herndon actually, and actually, I love love Vance McDonald. I think he's excellent value and has as much upside as any tight end going into this year, seeing as how there's lots of targets to go around over in Pittsburgh. One last stat to throw out there George Kittle just just in line of the who would you play which one of those tight ends would you play if there was no tight end position if it was just a flex George Kittle last year if everybody doesn't really realize this quietly had the eighth most receiving yards of any player in the NFL of any player so there's only seven wide receivers that had more receiving yards than George Kittle so um, you know those top three definitely do make a difference um, it, uh, but, but not so much so that I feel like I want to waste one of my first three picks on them. Um, it's tough fourth round. I, I might be, there, I'll take one. Yeah. And I, and I might be out on, on, uh, Kittle more than most people, you know, wow. I, I, okay. I, I, be, I believe in stats and use stats much more over the last two years than I ever had before, but I still do believe there's something to, um, to using your eye, you know, the eye test and, and, and watching and evaluating what you see. And wow. I know what Kittle's produced. I don't see an elite athlete when I look at George Kittle. You know, I watch wow. Travis Kelsey and say, that guy's a freak. I, I look oh, at yeah. the, two, the two tight ends in, in Philly, and I, and I, I think if Dallas Goder was, on, was the number one tight end on a team, that that's a top five tight end. Sure. I just don't. I just – George Kittle just doesn't – yeah, you just – it just looks like fool's gold to me. Like I just, I just not put in. And you know, if he goes and does it again this year, I'll have to put my eye test. You know, you know, use an, an old, an old term. Take it out back behind the barn. You know, um, and, and get rid of it in the, in the case of him. So I, I will stand corrected if he does it. To this point, 
and I don't watch enough San Francisco games. When I do watch him, I just – there's nothing he does that overly blows me away. And, you know, it's the same argument I've heard a lot of people who don't agree with me on Chris Carson that they say, you know, and you watch Chris Carson, like, what does he do really well? And, you know, my argument's always been – so, you know, I guess I'm a bit of a hypocrite because my argument's always been, well, I mean, I don't know how you produce this. Like, I'm not saying he looks like Barry Sanders out there, but the guy, you know, he does run four yards to carry, and he is the best back they've had in that backfield. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the stats tell a different story, but I, you could you, – you better believe that. I, I, I probably wouldn't take George Kittle unless he fell to me, like, in the uh, the sixth round. And oh, I know no. Six, that's, that's too late. <laughs> too no, late. I, I, I look at He has a killer stiff arm, man. <laughs> oh, Tyler, Tyler Lockett in the fourth round. You know, that, and that's not just where I got him today, and I took him early. He's going back into the fourth round. I'd rather, I'd rather have that. Like, I, I don't know. There's just – Wow. Wow, a lot of George Kittle yeah. hate here. A lot of George not Kittle hate. hate. Well, yeah. it's, 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 not, it's not that I don't like him or that, you know, I blame people who do want him on their team or do like him. I just – I don't know. Real quick, before we move on, because I know we're getting towards the end here, but let me. Where yeah, was he we're drafted about, today? I'm sorry. Where the hell was he drafted? So where was he George drafted? Kittle? I'm trying to find him. He was, he was yeah. drafted in the the beginning of the third round. Yeah, I see him. I would take Keenan Allen, who went after him, over him. I would take a Deshaun Watson over him in a two QB league. I take. I'm going to skip Antonio Brown because that's a nightmare. I take Aaron Jones <laughs> over him. I take Zach Ertz over him. I take Amari Cooper. I take Thielen. I take Williams. I take Diggs. I take Hilton. I take Rogers. Wow. I don't Holy know. I, would, I wouldn't take Derrick Henry over him, and I wouldn't take Melvin Gordon over him. But I would take Freeman. I would take Lockett. I would take Good. I, I just look at. It, I'm just like. I just. Yeah. Again, I could be proven wrong. Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll go and have egg on my face at the end of the year. But all out. San Francisco all out on team, George Kittle. They're on that San Francisco team, and they've never put it together. And Jimmy G, who I've been a big proponent of, looks terrible right now. And Dante Pettis, who everyone's been high on, people forget that Dante Pettis never has never really put up numbers when he was Jimmy G. They only played three games, but Dante Pettis had chemistry uh, towards the end end of the year with Bether, whoever's quarterbacking at that point. Yeah, Bether and whoever else, yeah. like Calvacate, such a stuck back, stuck back <laughs> franchise since they got rid of uh, Jim Harbaugh. So I don't know. <laughs> that just seems one of those. Well, sometimes every once in a while, there's there's teams. And there's offenses that, like, the fantasy community just, like, starts projecting so much hope on that they didn't start – they start – and I don't mean projecting, like, in, like, projections of stats, but, like, they're projecting all this optimism on that they just, like, think that they can just will it to come true. And I kind of right. see that with San Francisco right now. You know, they have a mess of a backfield. We don't really know who's emerging there. You have, you have receivers who are – aside from uh, – I do like Jalen Hurts, but the, the rest of them are, eh, you know, we'll see. And the tight end who yep. I think is overhyped. And then they have a quarterback who I might have been wrong about. So we'll see. Right, right. Well, that being said, I, I don't blame anybody for going up and getting the big three in the first three rounds. I personally don't want them until the fourth round. If one of those three are available in the fourth round, I probably would take them, even if it was George Kittle. <laughs> but honestly, if you look Six at the way our draft, kind of, kind of draft, kind of, well, it's interesting you should say that because of the way our draft actually fell out, the next tight end off the board was in the sixth round. It was O.J. Howard. Uh, in the sixth pick of the sixth round, I took Evan Engram at the very, very last pick of the sixth round, essentially the beginning of the seventh round. And and then Hunter Henry didn't go until the end of the seventh round along with Eric Ebron. So the tight ends really went really late. And Vance McDonald in the eighth round, I like that. I mean, I think that's that's perfectly fine. There's some good value there. And then you can go in later. So you took Jared Cook in the tenth round. Uh, perfectly serviceable. 
and you can get away with that as well. So all that being said, we are out of time. That was actually a really interesting draft. Definitely a two-quarterback league. I'm only in uh, two of those leagues, this being one of them. So I think it's always fun to talk about how this changes everything. So let's go ahead and uh, and ring the uh, – or actually go to air horn on the episode. All right, Ryan, why don't you give us uh, the social media so people can follow you? Yeah, so uh, it's at Ryan Whitfield, N-E, on Twitter. Um, and I just will see say that uh, Eric Ebron caught 13 touchdowns last year. Uh, so pizza boy in our league, don't know who that is. But uh, Eric Ebron at the, in, in the last pick in the seventh round in the 10-team uh, league, terrible. You're going to regret that. <laughs> he had 13 hey, you know what? touchdowns. He's not doing that again. Get out of here. I got, I got a I got a great idea. I got a great idea. Why don't you put up on Twitter, and everybody should go vote on this, a, a poll between uh, Eric, e- I mean, George Kittle, and you can pick anybody after him, like anybody <laughs> in our draft after him. George Kittle, <clears throat> Tyler Lockett, and one other guy, anybody who was drafted after George Kittle on draft. Put him up on the poll. Put him up on the poll. I'll retweet it. Well, we, people should go out there and vote on it. I'm curious as to how people feel about George Kittle as well, because he's only he hasn't repeated, right? This is This is basically a a one-year sample size and not a full sample size with a starting quarterback that was healthy all year round. So uh, there's a lot of hype out there. You're obviously not on the train. I'm actually on the train, but not to the level that everybody else is. I'd love to see what the, uh, what the fantasy football community thinks about that. Yeah. But my thing is there's just so, there's just so many stupid people out there. What do I care what they all say? (laughs) As as Uh, Dwight from the office. Think about us though, right? As Dwight from the office once, once aptly said, this world needs a new plague. We got too many people here, and most of you aren't very bright. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you are. You're kind of stupid. You get in my way. It's it's really frustrating at times. So, um, okay, all right. no, I'll Fair put enough. it out there. I know I know what the I know what the public's gonna say. So I'll put it out because I know you're interested. Um, pick pick anybody. You I mean, you don't have to lock it out there. Pick anybody you want that's after that because there were some really good ones. And, and mention it's a two-quarterback league because Deshaun Watson, I think he should have gone much earlier than third round, honestly. I was actually kind of surprised that in a two-quarterback league, I was able to get Patrick Mahomes in the third round. Um, but that being said, you know, the, who, well, I, I'm, very, I'm curious as to whether this is something that if everybody's bought, drank the Kool-Aid on this or not yet. Because I did agree. I do agree on some of the guys you mentioned behind uh, George Kittle. I would have selected ahead of them. So. Uh, so that being said, uh, follow me on FB Garbage Time. Thank you once again for uh, wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL and fantasy football week. And, hey, college football is coming this weekend, guys. This is going to be fun. George Kittle in the sixth round. We're going to start a new trend. <laughs> Hashtag Kittle in the sixth. <laughs>